and welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointed episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers fall in overtime to Florida State 69-67 to in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. The loss drops Indiana to 3-2 and on the season. It was a game, as we're going to talk about, that it, really it's just going to feel like a missed opportunity for Indiana. Obviously a tough matchup in a lot of ways for Indiana and a lot of positives to take out of this game. But I think we're going to look back on this one as one where Indiana really could have and should have won this game with a little bit better offensive execution and some better choices down the stretch. But alas, it goes into the record books as a loss for the Hoosiers. And uh, we'll break it all down for you right here. I'm your host, Jared Morris, here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. And we're going to break down this Indiana-Florida State game for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. And let's start the show the way that we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And for the banner moment, we gotta, you know, we're gonna go to overtime. A lot of big plays in this game, but with Indiana down 67 to 65, Trace Jackson Davis stepped up in a big way, as he did the entire second half and really the entire game. You know, one thing that we'll take away from this game is that Indiana's defense was really, really solid. It wasn't perfect, but it was really solid. And when Indiana needed stops to give themselves an opportunity to, you know, get a bucket or get back into the game or preserve a lead, a lot of times they were able to do it. Didn't do it on the final possession. You know, Scotty Barnes got him a couple times there down the stretch. But really, a lot of possessions down the stretch, they really played solid defense. And on this possession uh, with Florida State up to Trace Jackson Davis, uh, you know, helped out Armand Franklin. Armand had good on-ball defense. Trace comes over from the weak side, gets a huge block shot, ends up resulting in a shot clock violation for Florida State with 17.3 seconds to go. And then Indiana gets the ball offensively, and Archie Miller draws it up for his All-American, for Trace Jackson Davis. Trace Jackson Davis gets it out on the left wing, drives in, gets fouled, and now has to step up to the line for two really pressure-packed free throws, and he knocks in both of them. Really had a nice night from the free throw line. It tied up the game at 67. Obviously, Indiana could not hold on to that lead, but Trace Jackson Davis gave Indiana absolutely everything that they could ask for from him tonight. He had 25 points, 17 rebounds, two block shots against a team with a lot of length and a lot of athleticism, the kind of game that as recently as just last week against Texas, he really struggled in. And tonight, I think we, you know, Trace really showed some growth in terms of ability and willingness to finish strong, to play through contact, to get to the free throw line. And after a really poor rebounding first half, I thought really came through in the second half and did a better job rebounding. So you know, Indiana lost this game. Uh, I think it needed some better decision-making, some better plays from the guards, as we'll talk about. But Trace Jackson Davis did everything he could to put his Hoosiers in a position to win. Unfortunately, they just came up two points short. All right, our banner moment tonight, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, who is now in their fourth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call. And, you know, with Christmas right around the corner, you need to make your way over to their website, homefieldapparel.com. They have something unique for everyone on your shopping list, especially for IU fans. And all of their apparel is printed on the softest, most comfortable, and most washable materials that you will find anywhere. If you need a few suggestions, these are items that I have personally purchased that I wear regularly. Of course, the world-famous Bison hoodie was just wearing that this morning. Uh, The Oatmeal hoodie with the Assembly Call logo, that's always a good uh, option. And then the Indiana Script hoodie. Yes, I like hoodies. Yes, I wear them a lot, even though I live in Texas. What can I say? 
Home Field Apparel just they make the most comfortable hoodies that there are. So go there, find a good hoodie for yourself for the person on your Christmas gift that needs something, especially with winter here and the cold temps coming. And remember, at Home Field Apparel, it's not just IU gear. If you have anyone on your Christmas list that went to another school, you know, Home Field may well have gear for them too. They serve fans from Akron to Xavier, Hawaii to Pitt, and from Hope College to the Colorado School of Mines. And their designs are so unique, interesting, and vintage that you may end up like Coach, buying shirts and hoodies for schools you've barely heard of just because you like the design. And you can always save on your home field order by using the promo code ASSEMBLY20 at checkout. It will give you 20% off your entire order throughout the year. Now, don't hesitate. Get your orders in soon. In fact, they're saying get them in by December 10th, which is tomorrow from when we are recording this, so that you ensure that you receive them by Christmas. Again, homefieldapparel.com, load up your shopping cart, enter the promo code ASSEMBLY20 at checkout, and get 20% off your entire order. That's homefieldapparel.com. All right, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And we will go to the coach, Brian Tonsoni, first. Coach, what's on your mind after this IU loss? Uh, it, it's disappointing because um, I thought there were opportunities for Indiana to win this game in regulation. I thought there were opportunities to win the game uh, in, in overtime. And in a game like this against good competition, it comes down to who's going to make the plays uh, at, at the key moments. And, and Florida State made them at home. Um, they, they hit some shots that were guarded. They, they, uh, you know, especially the last one, but there was a step back three in regulation that really wasn't a good shot that they hit, you know, and credit that the fact that the first half, uh, was in Florida state's favor and they dominated offensive glass. The second half was in Indiana's favor. Indiana dominates the second, uh, the offensive glass in the second half, but OT, it was all, all Florida state. And, and I thought, um, that, that's, what's frustrating is when you go on the road against the top 20 team. Probably the maybe the best team in the ACC and have a chance to win. It'd be nice to come away with the win. There are a lot, a ton of positives to come out of this, um, but you play to win the game, uh, and Indiana didn't make enough shots or make enough opportunities uh, to win in a uh, big-time game. But it was a big-time game. It, it, it wasn't a Texas game. It, it, it wasn't a no-show for 19 minutes or something in a, like we saw on the road before. Um, so maybe we can take some positives out of that going forward into uh, uh, some tougher games. All right, let's go over to Ryan and get his rant. Ryan, let's try to keep the rant basketball-specific, even though I know that there is a ton of football stuff you could rant about today. We'll save that for the end of the show, maybe. Yeah, I'll stick, I'll stick with basketball here. Look, I, I think it was a great effort by Indiana, and, and I think a, a game a lot of people thought Florida State would command. And Florida State is a really good team, is going to give a lot of teams trouble this year. Uh, I thought Arma Franklin defended that last play as well as you can defend it. Scotty Barnes just made a great shot. Uh, and, and quite frankly, when you're whatever height Armand Franklin is listed at, and Scotty Barnes is bigger in a guard. Uh, he just got the shot off over him, which is the downside of having smaller guards. But I'm going to talk about why Indiana lost this game and should have won it. It was the offense in overtime. First possession of overtime, you get the ball to Trace Jackson Davis. He attacks, scores, gets fouled, goes to the line. Last possession to overtime, you get the ball to Trace Jackson Davis on the wing. He drives in, gets fouled, makes two free throws. Other than that, Indiana didn't score in overtime, and the reason why, they did not force-feed their best player as they should have. They ran a lot of pick-and-roll for him, and he rolled. They should have done what they did on the last possession about four possessions earlier, and that's just get him the ball in the perimeter, clear out, and let him work on a bigger, less athletic guy and get fouled if he has to, or at least his drive might suck Florida State in, and Florida State was playing really aggressive on uh, perimeter man-to-man all over Indiana's guards. They couldn't get clear shots. If you drive Trace Jackson Davis, 
either he's going to be one-on-one with a guy he's better than, or everybody's going to collapse and you're going to have more open looks. The other problem I have was, and Rob Finnessy hasn't been doing this this year, but it's something he did a lot last year, and I know Archie Miller gets frustrated by it. In overtime, he was walking the ball up the court, barely getting across the timeline with one second left. That gives you 20 seconds to run your offense instead of the 30 you're allotted, instead of having 25 seconds to run your offense. And what happened in overtime with Florida State playing very aggressive defense? There were a lot of late clock situations for Indiana. You could have added five seconds to Al Durham getting the ball in the wing, trying to drive and maybe being able to pass instead of having to force up a shot or Armand Franklin throwing up a jumper or whatever. You would have had more time to work with. Rob has had that bugaboo since his freshman year of just wanting to slow everything down and slow everything down when, no, get across the timeline, get your offense running, and let's get to work. And if you have to run through it a second time, you have to run through it a second time. Give yourself the time and the leeway to make a mistake in there instead of having to force up a bad shot throughout your offense. Indiana's overtime offense, I thought their their offense worked hard for most of the game and was running the way it was supposed to. They were just playing a good defensive team, and you're not always going to get a great shot. It's just Something that happens. I thought they missed some open looks. All of that stuff. In overtime, I thought it reverted to last year's offense a lot. And that was a problem. It just felt like a lot of, oh, there's 10 seconds left. We got to do something. Oh, there's eight seconds left. We got to do something. Instead of having a plan to move the ball and find the next guy. Some of that is Florida State. But I also think some of it is getting into the offense so late. And then not having a plan to get Trace Jackson Davis the ball other than a pick and roll to the basket where they were over defending and Florida state made some nice adjustments. When they make that adjustment, you have to adjust right back. And I think part of that's on Archie Miller. He should have, I know we only had the one timeout, but he should have switched it up and just said, give trace the ball on the wing as they did on that last possession. And it worked. You'd rather go down losing with trace Jackson Davis with the ball in his hands than anybody else on that floor. So I just felt like some of the shots were forced. I felt like they just slowed down too much. This is an up-tempo game. You know, you got to beat Florida State to the spot, you know, instead of letting them set up their defense and be exactly where they want to be. So again, the main takeaway is Indiana went toe-to-toe with what I think is going to be a really good team and maybe the best team in the ACC. And you learned a lot about Indiana, even though it was a loss. But there's reasons to feel bad about this game. And not only did you lose, but you could have won and had a pretty good chance too late, and you kind of let it slip away. The the one thing I will say is that Florida State had two shot clock violations in overtime, so their offense wasn't good in overtime either. No, it wasn't. These but, teams battled so hard, and then here's the Scotty, thing, Coach. Scotty Barnes hits a three that is 27 feet, and he hits a shot. There were more shots made under duress by Florida State. Indiana, I agree with what you're saying, but we What's took Florida State teams, out of them too. What's the difference between the two teams, though? is that Florida State can lean back on shooters where Indiana can't. And so you can afford to have some bad offense if Scotty Barnes is going to hit a 25-foot three-pointer or MJ Walker is going to do something or this is going to happen. But Leonard Hamilton didn't didn't have a good – No, that's fine. Offenses were horrible in in overtime. And not disagreeing. And part of my point is actually that Florida State sets you up if you run good offense to win the game by not running great offense, you know, they got a tip in, or they got a, they got a rebound basket. They got that three pointer and then they got Scotty Barnes a shot. That's all they did in overtime. Indiana's defense was phenomenal all night long and will be throughout the season. This is a legit juggernaut defensive team. The only issue is the offensive rebounds they give up, which Archie Miller pointed out at the beginning of the season is going to be an issue all year, especially with Joey Brunk out. The second unit is going to have issues with that. 
and, and he said that in the turnovers. I thought the turnovers got way better in the second half and overtime as well. I thought that, you know, the ones they had were were not as egregious as they should have been, other than the Trace Jackson Davis backcourt bad pass. He's an All-American. We'll let him have a bad play here or there. Indiana but, outplayed Florida State in the second half, and they didn't finish. Agreed. Uh, yeah. that, that's the bottom line. They didn't finish yeah. when they, they had an opportunity to finish. And then the things that hurt us, offensive rebounding, the inability to get downhill, all reared its ugly head in overtime. And, so, uh, you know, some missed open shots. I mean, look, uh, Rob Finnessy. A lot of missed of, open one, shots. One of five from three, and about four of those were good looks. I think Rob Finnessy can shoot. I think he was rushing because he was playing a much more athletic team than he's used to, a much longer team. He's a smaller guy. I think he was rushing through his shots. But, quite frankly, you know, you got to make some of those. You can't go four or 15 from three and expect to win on the road against a really good team. You just I can't. will also add to that 11 for 23 on layups. And Florida State was 13 to 22 from layups. Uh, this was a this was a defensive slugger yep. slugfest that made the offenses look ugly. They just had a six nine guy freshman who made the plays kind of when it counted. Uh, they had a step back three in the second half yeah. that was heavily guarded by a post player or a guy that was playing the four. Um, you know, it, it just comes down to that those few plays. Uh, but that's why you take care of business and stretch out a lead to six seven when you can and in the second half. And while we're doing just a smorgasbord here, the officiating in the second half of the second half and overtime was Horrible. horrific. I mean, there were some bad calls both ways. There was a charge Indiana took that was, I think it was Al took, where it was just like, come, come on, really? I, I'll take it, but come on. And then, you know, just the, the jump ball that they then give a timeout so the possession arrow is for Florida State. Uh, the, you know, Armand Franklin clearly falling backwards, but falling backwards in bounds, calling a timeout. He was calling the timeout so we didn't travel, not so we didn't fall out of bounds. Some of those drives where they gave foul calls in Indiana where guys were literally standing there with their arms up, not coming into their space at all. It was just, and we texted in our group text, we said, oh no, they're going to even the fouls up now because it was about seven to one, Indiana. They're going to even the fouls. Every call is going to go against Indiana. And then offensively, unless it is an absolute murder, they're not going to call anything. And that's, that's pretty much how it played out. You guys have gotten very here, comfortable with my absence. Now, even when I'm here, have. it's like I'm not here. I, you know, you really got to jump in the mix, Morris. <laughs> yeah. You things have really changed on the show. <laughs> who, who are you? <laughs> um, what are you doing on my screen? <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's talk about the guard play. Um, because look, if you're going to win games like this, you've got to have guards who make plays. Who make you know? Stop me if you heard if you've heard this before. You got to make shots. You know, at some point you got to make shots. Florida State made some shots. We didn't make some shots. The one guy that we had making shots, Jerome Hunter, didn't really get any looks in the second half, which I find a little bit surprising. I get he maybe gives up a little bit defensively, but we'll save that for a later segment. I thought Jerome played here's, well, quite frankly. He did. I thought he should have gotten more minutes. Here's here's what I want to say about the guards. And, and it's it's tough. I actually, I was really worried going into this game about this matchup for Rob and Al. It's the kind of game that they've gotten totally played out of in the past because it's physical, it's against guys that are bigger than them, and they haven't always brought it in that kind of a situation. And I thought for the most part tonight, you know, what you said, Ryan, is very true about Rob not pushing the ball up. I think that's part of the reason why Archie likes to have Armand play point because Armand will push the ball. But I thought Rob and Al really tried more than we've seen in the past in this type of matchup in the half court to attack the defense off the dribble, to get into the lane, to try to create shots for themselves and for other guys. Like I saw tonight stuff from them that I've wanted to see. I'm just not sure they're good enough in a matchup yeah. like this. Like I thought they were trying to do some of the things that you want to see 
And I'm just not sure against this level of athletes that they're good enough to do it. You know, so I don't, I don't like, like, I think the, the, some of the choices that Indiana made in terms of sets they're going to run and that type of stuff needed to be better. But I don't, I don't really come out of this saying like there's decisions here or there that all those guys needed to make better. Yeah. But I kind of thought those guys came out there and gave their all and it just wasn't quite good enough. You know, like, I just think they're, they've got to get better. Our, our guard talent has to get better overall, which is why I think we need a guy like Lander to step it up. But yeah, you know, those guys just don't. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I think that's fair. I mean, I get your point. It's just like they went up against better, more athletic, longer, bigger guys and did what they could. And I think that's fair. But here's the deal. This is what Indiana has. Yeah. And Indiana should be able to win this game with smarts, guile, whatever. Who's the one guy Indiana has on the floor that you know is better than everybody else on the other team? Trace. Oh, for sure. What does that mean? Give him the ball. Like you know, do whatever him. it takes to yeah. get him the ball. And, and that's on, by the way, there were post entries there some, and I know they don't want to force anything and they don't want to give it a live ball turnover, but there were post entries there in overtime that they kind of spun around, you know, kicked it around, maybe trying to find a better one. But at that point, when your offense is that slow, and you, I mean, they didn't, their last field goal was at 438 in overtime. So 22 seconds into overtime is the last time they scored from the field in that game. Maybe you force it in sometimes. It's got to be on those seniors to make that decision. I mean, Al made a drive late where he just drove into three guys and, you know, would try to get a foul. And it's, it's like, I love Al Durham and I love his aggressiveness, but right there, that's not the place to do that. You yeah. know, in an even game and overtime, that's, that's not the spot to try and make a ridiculous drive into three guys. In the middle of the first quarter, you want to do that, try and draw a foul, maybe get a, get a bucket, try and get guys fired up. But you got to, as a senior, you've got to have a better understanding. Armand Franklin... Uh, I think we've we've praised him a lot. And I think his development is incredible. There was a time where he took a ball on the baseline and just drove into nobody, or, you know, drove into a group of people, but drove to nowhere. And it's in a in a tight game. And it's like in a tight game. I know he's a sophomore, but you want this responsibility. You're an amazing defender. You want to play as much as you're playing in a tight situation. You got to make a better decision than that. I'm not saying yeah. bench Franklin because of it. I'm saying you got to learn from that and not do that again. And there's a couple times, you know, guys had, you know, three pointers like Rob pulled uh whatever his name is, the big guy out on the floor and took a 23 foot three pointer. Now he stepped into it, but trace Jackson Davis also had a guard on him in the post and he easily could have driven past the guy guarding him. It's, you know, they're just decisions you've got to make better than what they made. And again, we're nitpicking a game, the, the fifth game of the season where they played really well. And the takeaway is Indiana can go punch for punch with a really good team. Florida state's ranked 20th. They're ranked 20th because they've only played one game. They are probably the top of the ACC. Let's be real. And Indiana went punch for punch with them. That's good news for the future. But you can't just feel good because they played with a good team. No. What I will say, though, what I will say, though, is if Rob and Al and Armand take this attitude and this aggressiveness into most games against most teams, they're going to get better results than they got tonight. And I am taking a little bit of solace in that, that those guys didn't bring the decision-making, didn't bring the shot-making that you need in a and game like this. And for the like most this. part of the game, I thought they did decide, They did yes. make some good decisions. But if they so carry that to games that. against teams that don't have this level of athletes, right. it's going to help Indiana's offense. And Tonight, it just wasn't the, good enough. I, I see people in the chat citing the field goal percentage numbers and stuff like that. They were playing an insanely good defensive team. I don't expect them to hit 50% of their shots when they're playing a team like Florida State. The, and if you look at Florida State's guards, it's the same way. I mean, it was a bad night for everybody offensively. Why? Because the defenses are really good. So it's not about, you know, Durham was 3 of 10. I thought he played a good game. 
you know, and a couple of those, yeah. those, those misses are things he had to shoot sort of late in the clock. Franklin was three of nine. Do I think he played a bad game? No, I think he took a couple of shots. He probably shouldn't have, but I don't think he played a bad game. Finnessy two of 10. I'm not complaining about the way he played his defense on MJ Walker was fantastic for most of the night. Like, you know, it's, it's just the situation they're in playing a really good athletic team. And I will say this, if you stack Texas and Florida state up next to each other, I think they are even squads. I think they are pretty much even squads, athletic guys, really a lot of length, strong, whatever. Indiana came out tonight and played very differently than it did against Texas. And if they bring this effort and this intensity on both ends every night, we're going to end up happier far more often than we're upset with this team. They beat year. they beat Texas with this effort, in my opinion. Yes. And I, I know agree. I agree with you. They're very similar teams. But I think this effort against – you know, it's hard to run your sets against a team that plays this kind of pressure, and they were switching. And that was giving Indiana a tough thing because a lot of times we try to run some sets, some back cross screens to get the ball into the post. Those things weren't available tonight because they were just quick switching everything. What do you do against quick switching teams? You go downhill. I thought our guards tried to go downhill. When they got to the rim, they didn't finish. The, the most upsetting thing for me is when uh, the offense does create an open shot. I mean, no one within five feet. Those got to go down at a, at a higher percentage. And, and, and I know we can talk about practice drills and shot doctors and all that, but if you're in college and you're not being contested and it's not a late shot clock you know, bailout situation, that ball's got to go in at a, at a rather – Higher percentage than what it's going in. You hit two of those open. I mean, Armand got an offensive rebound, stepped into a three, and missed. Uh, there's a couple kickouts um, for for a wide open three. I bet you there were four or five of the 15 threes that were really wide open, where no one even first had a possession hand. of the second half, and Armand just airmailed it. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. I mean, total air ball. Yeah, uh, that that's one. So Armand had at least two. I know Rob had one, and I know Al had a kick out for one. So there's four. You hit. Open threes at 25%, you win the game in regulation. That's where the frustration comes in. You fight hard. The guards are overmatched, and they brought it. They brought the intensity. They played good games. They didn't execute well. They they brought effort, and they didn't execute their shots, and that's what's frustrating as a coach is you were right there on the road. Uh, That and then um, some early not into the game, the first three minutes of the game, not in the game, getting down eight to two. You can't look past that. No, Uh, Giving up two offensive rebounds off a free throw is inexcusable and then the second half we gave up seven offensive rebounds so I also think the team wore down uh our our depth we only had eight players and the minutes were really limited because it was a tough game for Lander uh today I think and we'll get into that but I think mentally um and and they got fatigued uh and they stopped doing what they needed to do in in that overtime um until the you know that last ball for the free throws yeah no let me say this and, and somebody in the chat mentioned this and and it's true I, there's no excuse for missing wide open shots. I'm not excusing that. I'm just saying that against athletic teams, guys rush, guys get sped up, and they do. I, but there's no excuse for going four of fifteen from three. There just isn't. They need to be better than that. There's no there's no question about that. You make one more three, you win the game. I mean, think about like one more. And there were several open ones they had that they missed. You make one more. And and you go and and, and a guy the on the bench who was making them and was ready yeah. to shoot. <laughs> I mean, why isn't Jerome Hunter? <laughs> Find in the, the guy some damn I shots. I know they moved Jerome Hunter to four and everything. You're telling me that, J- that Jerome Hunter couldn't eat into some of Trey Galloway's minutes tonight. I mean, Trey Galloway did not play let's, well. We'll hold that thought. This. Hold that thought. Let's let's get into that because we need to talk about that. But let's take a break here. Uh, all right, coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's 69-67 loss to Florida State. 
I will point out today's meaningful moment that you might have missed, and we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game and many other storylines. You are listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green, giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers. Could have used that guy tonight. <laughs> You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and the coach Brian Tonsoni. We are breaking down Indiana's two-point overtime loss to Florida State. And it's time for tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed. There's a couple that I want to point out. The first one is the end of regulation. You know, and I think if you're looking for the biggest positive to take from this game, it's Indiana's defense. Like this is a bona fide top 20 defense now. You know, I think you see those first couple games, you kind of wonder. I'm pretty convinced that this is a much better defensive team. I thought, I think watching this team now. They look so much more fluid and flexible on defense as opposed to the stiff pack line that we saw for the first three years. I think that's about personnel. That's about the institutional knowledge of the defense. It's about Archie kind of adjusting things a little bit this year. But the defense just looks better. And if you go back to the end of regulation, 51 seconds to go with the game tied, you know, desperately trying to keep them from scoring, and they can't score. Now, the rebounding wasn't very good. The ability to corral loose balls wasn't very good, but the defense itself in terms of forcing difficult shots was good. And then right there at the end, 6.6 seconds left on the baseline, and Armand Franklin just makes a tremendous individual play to steal that ball. You know, was trying to call timeout as he falls out of bounds. And then once Florida State gets the ball back, the very next possession, they get the inbounds. Armand's guarding the guy, and he walls up on a drive, forces a long two that they miss. And so defensively at the end, so often tonight when Indiana needed a stop, they got it. Now, again, they didn't always get the rebound, and they didn't do enough at the end. You know, this was a game where the defense needed to be a couple possessions better because the offense wasn't going to be better. And if you're going to hang your hat on defense, then you do have to point out, you know, a couple possessions at the end where they didn't get it. But I thought that there were a lot of things to be pleased about with the defense, and I think the growth of the defense is really, you know, the biggest storyline, you know, here early in the season. Now, the other meaningful moment that I want to point out is all the way back from the first half with Indiana down 13 to 10, Jerome Hunter gets in and there are games when Jerome Hunter gets in the game and he has fire in his eyes. Like I think we've all, we know we've been on the Jerome Hunter experience long enough to know there's some games when he's just kind of out of it and he fouls out in eight minutes. And there's other games where he comes in ready to make an impact tonight. As soon as he stepped on the floor, he was ready to make an impact. He had a great defensive possession, uh, you know, preventing a drive. And, and, And when Jerome's playing good defense, you know, he's down in a stance. He's moving his feet. He's cutting off drives into the lane. He did that tonight, grabbed the rebound and then goes right down to the other end of the court, drains a three. And you could just tell all half he was shot hunting, but he was shot hunting from the perspective of a guy who was red hot because he was two for three. And I just kept waiting in the second half for them to run something for him, get him an open shot. 
you know, for God's sakes, you can't make any shots, but you've got this guy over here that looks hot, and you have to know as a coach by now that there's games that he's just fully locked in. I, For the life of me, I don't understand why he didn't get more minutes and why he didn't get more shots. And if you're looking for the difference in a game, in a two-point game, you know, to me, you look right there. You have got to ride Jerome Hunter when he's hot, you know, because right now it's just it's kind of an inconsistent thing. So that really jumped out to me. And, you know, we can talk now a little bit, Ryan, I think, and, you know, you guys feel free, obviously, to point out your meaningful moments. But, uh, you know, you alluded to this in the last last segment, so maybe we talk about it now. Some of the minutes that Trey Galloway got tonight, I love Trey. He plays his butt off. He was out of his depth tonight. And Jerome Hunter was a guy who came to play and has the length to compete in a game like this. I don't understand why he didn't get more minutes and more shots. Yeah, let me just say, Trey Galloway is going to be a really good player for Indiana. I like his attitude. I like his personality. I loved watching him in high school. I think that he's a legit attacker and and all of that. But if you look this season, I don't know, we all remember that first game where he was a breakaway, you know, he was making circus layups and all that stuff against Tennessee Tech. But other than in transition, he's really done nothing in half-court offense this year. Nothing. And, and has been really bad at it. And, and that's because he's a freshman. I mean, let's be real. I think he's going to be fine, but he's a freshman. And he can't make lost. shots. And he can't make shots. And there are times where you'll see him get the ball and basically hand it to the guy next to him because he's not where he's supposed to be as far as the spacing goes. He's cutting a little too close to the other defender, and that makes it easy to defend, and it throws off possessions. You'll see him drive into crowds and try and make a pass to the corner. It's like, Trey, in a couple years, in, in maybe a year, you'll be able to do that and be able to make that assist and, and all of that. So... I just want to say that off the top. I think he's going to be good. I think I just think that right now, playing against these yoked dudes from Florida State, he was out of his depth. I mean, they defended him so easily. If he's not getting out in transition, he offers you nothing offensively right now. And they drove on him every possession. And then I was going to get to that. On defense, he couldn't guard anybody. They're too big, too fast, too strong. I mean, they were. They did this against uh, Texas did this. And uh, who was the other one? Stanford did this. They sort of clear out the side and just drive on him because he's not quick enough yet. He will be in a year in a strength and positioning program at IU. He'll be fine. But this was this game was above his level. And, and that's fine to admit. He is a kid right now. He is a kid who just got on a college campus. It's fine to admit, hey, Trey's going to be big for us. He's not the six man tonight. He needs to move down the bench a little bit and you need to put Jerome Hunter out there because if Trey's offering you nothing on defense, and nothing on offense. Why is he playing? I think it was 12 minutes in the first half. I mean, he played a lot of minutes in the first half and he got abused in the first half repeatedly. So again, I think I like this kid's future is the same as Lander tonight. Lander was just, he was out strength tonight. He was out strength out at, you know, too much athleticism. He, he just, he's going to be fine. But right now this was not the game. If you want to win it now, if you're just, if you're just going there to get everybody minutes and get some experience, that's different. But if you want to win this game, you got to pull those guys back a little bit. You know, there'll be games to get them experience. If you were down 15 in the second half, I'd say, put the kids out there, you know, and if if you were up 15 in the second half, I'd say, give Lander five minutes here. See what happens. Give Trey, uh, you know, six minutes, see what happens. But when you're in a dogfight like that, you cannot be sprinkling in guys who don't belong on the court. And tonight, Trey Galloway did not belong on the court with those guys. He'll be fine. But right now, when he's overmatched in certain games, Archie needs to pull back. And I know he loves Trey. I know he loves Trey and wants to get him experience and get him ready for the Big Ten season. Some nights, if you want to win the game, you got to pull your lineup back and, and, and change the plans midway through. And tonight, Trey, just he, he didn't have it. And, and that's fine. That's not any problem. 
But yeah, I, I think that Hunter should have gotten some of those minutes on the perimeter. We know how he knows up to play on the perimeter. We, you know, he can give you at least a threat from three that would help open other things up. So I, I just, I think that was the the way to go is, is to move Trey out and give, give Hunter more minutes. Cause I think he earned him. I thought he looked fine defensively too. By the way, one other moment that, that, that I just wanted to, Oh, coach, you want to have a point on that? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, the only other moment that I wanted to point out and then coach, I want to want to know what you think back in the first half at the two twenty five mark. Do you guys remember the drive where Rob drove into the lane and looked like he just like turned on his rocket boosters and like just exploded yeah. to the rim and got fouled. It reminded me of that dunk that he had his freshman year at Northwestern yeah. where it's like, where the, you can fly like where, you know, where's that been? And I just, I wonder why he's hesitant about doing that. You know, I, he's had so many injury issues. I wonder if he's a little reticent attacking the rim with that kind of abandon. And obviously bit. you need a little bit of a runway to do it. So you're not always going to be able to do it, but he, sometimes drives in with with such feeble attempts at the rim and you just kind of wonder man if you use that athleticism a little bit because you see it in little spurts like that but anyway that just stood out because it's like man a little more of that rob yeah and i thought rob at times was really aggressive tonight and then there was one time where he went into the lane and made a you know a fall away uh sort of late in the clock and i thought yeah, that's that actually big. a fine that's kind of a fine shot for him to take i don't mind him taking that any time i mean it's not like a chris paul around- shot Inside inside seven feet, he's always been pretty darn good. So, you know, when he gets a, a clear shot, not, you know, if he's driving up against four people. But, yeah, I, I did think that that was fine. I, it, again, in le- and, and here's the one thing I will say about the shooting woes is that you've got to steal those extra points somewhere. If you're not making threes, you've got to steal those extra points somewhere. And Indiana did a great job getting to the free throw line tonight yeah. and stealing points there and making them. They hit 75%, which a year ago, I mean, Hoosier fans would have, been in, would have been in tears for 75%. So 21 of 28 from the line. Everybody shot pretty well. I know Finnessy missed that one late. And if you make that one, mm-hmm. maybe you win on the next possession. But I mean, you know, but across the board, you know, Franklin was three of four. He's not a great shoot. He, he hasn't shown to be a great shooter, but he's made his free throws three of four. Durham, two of two. Thompson, three of four. Uh, Trace was nine of 12. Uh, really improving himself for the next level. And then fantasy was four or six. I mean, that's way better than you were getting last year. And it's been consistent that they've Coach? been better free throw shooters this year. Yeah. I, I'm just going to say, though, um, I understand. I agree that Galloway was – it was a coaching clinic on Hamilton. Every time he gave the green light to everyone who had Galloway and he was going to drive Lander, we did the same thing with Barnes. We put Barnes in screens and rolls and and, and slipped in the first half. That's uh, why we were doing it. It was back and forth coach to coach. But, Ryan, we only played eight guys. If we pull Hunter and, and we pull Lander because they're not ready, which they're not ready, we only play six guys um, without Brunk. So there's more, more to just, yeah, I agree with you. Those guys got abused. They're not ready, but you got to play someone. And the other yeah. options were two more freshmen. Um, so you give Hunter yeah. some more I mean, minutes. I mean, well, okay. Bump yeah, him I up to 25 that, but, tonight. Yeah. He Hunter's only played not, 16. They've made a choice right or wrong. And we can debate that they've made a choice not to play him at the three as a guard and Galloway can play Silly. for everyone there. That might be uh, a, a thing, an adjustment that needs to be made, but Hunter was the one sub for you get to adjust to the game, you know, could be, but he's not playing the three. So I agree. But you, you and can't play six guys against four. I mean, I, we had 38, 30, 40, 40, and 34 minutes between the starters. We didn't take fantasy out. Well, in five minutes uh, of the overtime, 
uh, and they wore down, and that's part of the reason yeah. too. So, no, you, so there's a lot that goes into. I get it. No, I, I get you gotta it. Got to eat some thin. minutes somewhere. You got to you know eat some minutes somewhere. At one point, at some point, I'd rather try Jordan Geronimo out there than Galloway, who's getting abused. At least he's athletic enough to mm. be on the floor. Maybe he grabs you some rebounds. Fair. You know, I mean, like Fair. you can mix it up. Give him two minutes. If he does nothing, take him out. You know, I mean, you've got to at least. And maybe there's something where they plan to have these guys play and they prepared for these guys and all of that. I get that. But at the same time, this is about the third game in a row where Trey Galloway has been un, uh, like overmatched. You've got yeah, to start making continue. some decisions. Yeah, it's, it's going to continue. And, and that's part film, of being a freshman. It's part of being a freshman thing, who isn't a, a five-star. You're, you're, you're on the road against a top-20 team. You're getting ready. You're going to go uh, 10 times on the road in the Big Ten. He's going to have to play at some point. you got to get him out there, get it on film, fix it, and yeah. you still almost won. Now, a couple meaningful things that I – five yep. three-pointers that Florida State hit. Listen to this, five. One came off a missed free throw blockout by Race Thompson, who I thought blockout tonight was really, really bad. I thought it was one of Race's worst games overall, and he had seven yep. rebounds and, and, and I think six rebounds and nine points. But I thought his blockout in overtime was bad. I thought his blockout throughout the game was really, really um, not what we're used to seeing with Race. But that was early on. Uh, and we get down eight to two. Then there was a loose ball where Indiana was hustling. The ball got knocked out. It fell to someone on the wing at fifteen twenty-two. A loose ball, wide open three. They hit it. That was number two. Trey Galloway, the guy we're discussing, guards the guy with his hands down. The guy had clean vision of a three and r- rose up right above him. That happened also in the overtime with An- uh, with Armand Franklin. He's guarding uh, the the freshman. Yes, he was out of ways, but when your hands are down and you're not disrupting uh, time route and vision. Guys are more likely to, to hit shots. That was the fourth one. And then there was the step back three by the guy Trace Jackson Davis was guarding, and he had a hand up, and a guy hits a shot. Uh, that was guarded. So those are five of their eight threes. And that's the difference. They made shots when the opportunity presented to himself. When we would get a good drive and kick in an open three, uh, our perimeters did not hit yeah. the shots at that time. And, and there's several aspects of the game that cost us. But for me, that's the thing that – you, you miss is uh, our defense was great, except yeah. hand down on two times, and good teams will make you pay. That's why you've got to have perfect possessions, every possession, and you coach to have perfect possessions, and that's why film is going to be really big. Yes, 95% of the possessions were great, but there were a few that were lackadaisical, unexcusable, uh, lack of fundamentals defensively that, that cost um, – I, I use some points yeah. defensively in my opinion. Hey, Coach, you know what makes up for a couple bad defensive possessions? Shots. <laughs> Hitting a three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, it's, it turns momentum, changes the game. You know, I, again, you look at it four or 15, and we harp on shooting all the time on this show because we all could shoot, you know, and, and coach is a coach and he sees it. It, But here's the thing. It's it's four or 15, and you lose by two. I mean, you make yeah. one more shot. Well, okay, so game. on that maybe point. Maybe two, maybe three, and, it's, and it's, it's a solid win, and you're jumping into the top 20. Yeah, so on that point, let's talk numbers. A couple numbers that are going to be really important to watch for Indiana this year. Look, I think our three-point shooting will improve. I think it will. Like We're not going to be this bad all season long. We're under 30%. It's going to tick up. Florida State obviously plays really good defense, and we just we weren't able to step up and meet it. Like There's no excuses for it, but I do think there's reason to believe the shooting will get better. But it's probably not going to get a lot better. And there are going to be a lot of nights, especially against the good shooting teams in the Big Ten, where we are at a disadvantage from the three-point line. Stop me if you've heard that before. So what do you do if you are not a team that's going to win at the three-point line? What do you do? You have to win with shot volume. 
you have to save possessions. You have to either get to the free throw line more or you have to get yourself more opportunities to shoot, which means you get offensive rebounds or you win the turnover battle. Today, if you want to know why Indiana lost this game, you know, you look at their offensive rebound and turnover numbers, like just Indiana's, and they're pretty good. Indiana got 15 offensive rebounds, a lot of really important ones. Trace had seven. Indiana turned the ball over 14 times. In an overtime game, that's not bad. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's probably at least... Only... Respe- f- oh, 20, only f- okay, 20.9%, which isn't great, but they had oh, like seven within the first like few minutes, you know, 10 minutes yeah, of the game. only... F- Five after the half. Yeah, so they did a better job there. But here's the problem. If you go over to what Florida State did, they had 19 offensive rebounds, and they only turned it over 10 times. So not only were they shooting better from outside, they were just getting more opportunities. And that's the the formula for this Indiana team. If the three-point shooting doesn't improve by a lot, they're going to have to rebound better. Archie's talked about it a ton. I think the guards are doing their part. Tonight, I think it was race. Trace really picked up the rebounding, but race just wasn't quite there like he normally is. And they've got to take better care of the ball. You know, if you're not going to make up for turnovers with three pointers, then 14 and a percentage of 20.9 is just unacceptable. And you've got to get it down and get it down. You know, there's give and take and there's formulas for every team to win. You know, and tonight those two numbers really jump out at me because even though you can kind of look at Indiana's as a little bit positive, just based on the context, Florida States were better. And those are numbers that are going to be very determinant of IU games this year. At one point in the second half, Indiana had 14 offensive rebounds to Florida State's 10. They only had one offensive rebound for like 18 minutes of the second half. And then in the last two minutes, there were there were two uh, – there were last two minutes of regulation and overtime, six offensive rebounds by Florida State. There were so three on they, one possession. I mean <laughs> – So when they go 19, uh, you know, uh, six to seven of them were in the last six minutes, seven minutes of the ball game. And to me, that was the difference there. Uh, but again, they're inside the numbers. They were getting killed in the first half, made a, a change at halftime, and only gave up one. But they didn't take care of business. They didn't capitalize on their better defense. They didn't yeah. capitalize on their better offense. They didn't capitalize on rebounding better because of uh, inefficient offense and missed shots. And you got to take yeah. care of business when you're playing well on the other end because it just it just turned away from them in, in overtime. And yet what, they had to hit a game-winning shot at four seconds. So yeah. it wasn't like a 10-0 overtime either. And defense makes up for a lot of a lot of deficiencies. I mean, it, you know, the fact that they got those three, four, you know, four opportunities at the end and didn't score is right. a credit mostly to the defense. But the thing is, you're putting so much pressure on your defense to be perfect every time. And guess what? You're not perfect every time. Guys make mistakes. Guys get juked. It just happens. Yeah. There's another team trying to outmaneuver you. Um, I will say this is that a lot of that, offensive rebound a lot of the offensive rebounds were created by the fact that they had Koprovica out there when he was out there I mean even if he didn't get the rebound they had to pay so much attention to him because he's a seven footer and he's big and he's got some skill that other guys were able to dive in and get offensive rebounds and they did the smart thing what did they do they attacked him they went after him and got him in foul trouble he only played 21 minutes he was plus nine he was their bet when they were on the court they were better than indy when he was on the court they were better than indiana they got him off the court indiana has done a good job this year targeting good players getting them in foul trouble and getting to the line. And for the most part, as compared to last year and the years before making their free throws, that's going to be a big thing for this team. When they enter big 10 play, they cannot let up on that. Guess what? They're going to run bigger guys at Trace Jackson Davis and race Thompson. Those guys have to outwork their competition and get in positions where the opposing team has to foul them or give up an easy bucket. They got to get post players on the other teams at foul trouble. And you know what happens then? Then the rebounding battle shifts 
because when you get the bigger, better players out from the other team, you start to rebound the ball better. That's going to be a key all season. Trace Jackson Davis needs to be in attack mode. He's going to get calls because he's an All-American. And Ray Thompson needs to contribute to that, to that as well. Yeah, that's the last number that I wanted to point out, which is one and one. That's the number of blocks and the number of steals that Race Thompson had. And look, I know this isn't a game where Race is probably going to get a ton of block shots because of their size, but you know it's a good Race Thompson game when he's got two blocks and three steals. Like He's kind of yeah. like Juwan Morgan, where defensively, when he plays well, you see a lot of blocks, you see a lot of steals. You know, if you want to, we, we always talk about how plus minus is really a flawed stat for a single game. Race Thompson led the game in plus minus at 11. 11. I'm sorry, that does not match the eye test. He played 34 minutes, only took five shots. You know, Race is a junior now. He showed us what he's capable of. The expectation bar has been raised. And, I, you know, Trace needed his running mate tonight. And I just thought for yeah. too much of the game, Race was kind of invisible. And in a game like this, your big guys that are good athletes, they've got to bring it. And again, you know, if race plays a little bit closer to his potential, that's a difference of three or four it, points. That drive when he gave up the offensive rebound and then he closed out in the corner and a guy drove baseline on him just yeah. showed that he he wasn't, for whatever reason, he just wasn't locked in. Now, he got better as the game went on, and, yeah. and that's something good. You, you trust a kid. You know, you're never going to play perfect ball all the time, but that's those two things were unrace-like. And in the second half, you really saw him blocking out in free throw. He must have been got ripped at halftime because he was <laughs> yeah. knocking a guy eight feet back on free throw blockouts. But you've got, you, can't, you can't give up eight points like that at the beginning of a game no. against a quality opponent on the road. I will say um, this, and, though. And so, I will say this. At least this time, Archie took a timeout before it ballooned. Correct. Because we've yep. seen and those runs become 17 to, to nothing. 16 to 3. And it's yeah. like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And at least no, they stopped it and the team responded and got right back in the game. That was at that's least a progress. great adjustment Archie's made this year. Is he's willing to use his timeouts in any situation if things are I going agree. badly to stem the tide. That is a positive development. Um, what I will say about Race, I thought he started the game horribly. I thought everybody started the game horribly. That 8 3 start was just guys not playing. It was almost like they were, they didn't know the game had started. You know, they were just bewildered looking around immediately after that timeout. It seemed like they focused in. It was like they had re-tipped and, and they got it back to eight, eight, I think. Um, but race Thompson, I thought had stretches in the second half where he played very well. He was completely outmanned by, by, by the big man. I keep forgetting his name, but, um, he completely outmanned it. Kopravica. It, it was a tough cover for him because the guy is so much bigger than him. It was impossible, but that doesn't change the fact that if you get out positioned, that's your fault. The guy goes, make the guy go over your back to get an offensive rebound. And if they give it to him, they give it to him. You have no, and he, they did a couple times. Or at and least keep just, him from getting the offensive rebound. Don't worry yeah, about rebounding clear, himself. Just block him right. out. And, now, and, offensively, and he was never going to do anything against that guy because his right. one move is a jump hook to the middle, and it's just not going to happen. I thought there were a couple times he should have taken a three-pointer when he was wide open on the perimeter. I mean, at least make him see that and come out maybe you make it he's made one earlier this year he I, just, I, I he was just off that yeah uh, over halftime turnover could have been really dangerous in a oh game. yeah that was bad you no know, he didn't make a decision and trace you know you you go to overtime and trace outlets the ball that's stolen uh by by their freshman now is that just a good play by their freshman or a bad play by trace Trump, i think it, that's a, it was a soft and then fantasy needs to come back as well yeah. but those are the kinds of things that when you lose by two in overtime, just really, yeah. it, it keeps a coach and it keeps players up at night because that right there wins the ball game if you just make a regular outlet. And Trace and got those screwed are there. The things, it was a great block know. after he threw yeah, that no, bad that, pass. That's yes, defensive yes. play. That was a clean block, 100%. And that's where the officials got really, last eight minutes, I thought they were really Everything was a foul. Poor. Yeah. I got to say, though, you know, toward the end of the game, 
I love it when a game gets really good and really tight and really exciting late, and then we get to stop for like six minutes so the refs can watch TV and try to figure something out. It's yeah, it's like I Just, get a review when it's a really important call, but like when it's a clock issue and it takes you six minutes to figure out, it's like the, on that on that a perfect one was on a shot clock violation. Billis even said he's like, all you do is you say <laughs> what time the clock went off and then that's your time. Why is this taking so long? It's such a good point because there's a stop point for the clock at that point. Like I, it's just, you know, there. It, it, it did. It, it took the moment. And then after Trace Jackson Davis made those two free throws, they had that long review. Uh, and that took all the momentum away. Or was his tip in when he had the tip in late, took all the momentum away from Indiana. Um, look, I, there were a lot of things that went wrong tonight, but yeah. I, I do think in the end, Indiana is, as we thought before the year, would be better. And I think they are better. There are some warts they definitely need to clean up. The offensive, giving up that many offensive rebounds is is criminal. I get you're playing an athletic team, but some of that you felt like they were in scramble mode instead of just block your guy out and the ball will fall in front of you, you know? And I, I and then I also think that the shooting, these guys cannot psych themselves out. We know Rob Finnessy can shoot threes. We've seen it. His form is fine. He cannot rush and hurry every time. It, it's got to be mental. It is. Either individually mental 100%. or a coach putting too much pressure or something because you, you, 100%. Just, don't miss, you just don't miss those shots. It's just a, for me, it's a, for me, it's a lack of it's a lack of confidence, and I think he's rushing oh, yeah. because it's like I got to get the shot off. I got to get the shot off. I got to get the shot off. You know, Al took one where he dribbled into it from about twenty two feet or something. He should have driven that ball because his guy flew right by him. You know, and you know they're just small decisions and then rush shots. Now look, Trey Galloway. I'm not saying he's rushing it. He's just missing it because his shot looks terrible right now. It looks like I, I told the guys, it looks like half of Jordan Hall's shot and the half he's missing is the half that goes in. It's, it's just, I mean, but, and then Armand Franklin, I've said this before, Armand Franklin steps inside the free throw line or steps inside the three point line. His shot looks great steps beyond it. And it's like, he is a completely his form is not bad at yeah, all. Well, Inside the three-point line, it's great. From behind the three-point line, it's I'm not sure flat, if I agree with you. Yeah. And so flat, I, I think he's palming the ball behind and putting too much energy behind it instead of just letting it flow. Um, but other than that, I mean, Al and, and Rob should be should be making threes. They should be making threes. I love critiquing every single shot for him, the confidence. But other than that, I mean, you know, <laughs> outside of everybody not being able to shoot, you know, things are fine. You know, and it's, again. Well, we, and we, it's not just a three-point shot, guys. It's at the rim. No, no. I mean, yeah. they, they were eight that of I expected, at the rim. So it's one more, that. or it's a dump down, or it's to keep your dribble and dribble back out. It, now, it, that I mean, part's true. Yeah. They're it, taking was, off-balance shots against yeah. size. They're not, yeah. I mean, when, when they're square up and they go in strong and they're fading, um, I thought it would be a good be night if they the were fifty percent uh, at the rim against these guys. I thought it would be a good night if they were. Yeah, they were close then. Eleven for yeah. twenty-three. Just because it's they're so big and athletic that it's hard to get to the rim against them. Go the, the place, the, well, the place they sh- what they should do and what you should be doing. And Armand Franklin did this late. It was the first possession overtime. I think he drove in and handed the ball to Trace Jackson Davis because he couldn't get the pat the post entry, and Jackson Davis went to work and scored. Or you know what Rob did? Tried to dunk. Yeah, that's yeah. True. That was the best drive. Just it was great. go. I know. Yeah. And you get if fouled. You get your stuff thrown. Come back again. Yeah. yeah. Make Man, them we, redirect you dips, from the basket. Don't yeah. redirect yourself. You and try to go over three people. And yeah, that's what's disappointing. Well, right. Lander had. I think it was Lander's only shot where he drove in. 
and just tried to Floated. like you know finesse yeah. one, and it was just like, come on, buddy, not a good game for that, that against these guys. Not now against Northwestern, you can do that. Now against these guys, you can't. Mm. Can't no do that against Northwestern. <laughs> not not with my girth and leg. <laughs> Coach is feisty over there. <laughs> Got to bring some real action if I'm in the post. That's right. Okay. Let's take a break. Coming up on the assembly call, we're going to hand out our game balls. That's going to be pretty easy. We'll do a Mike Roberts game ball tonight, too, for Coach. Uh, and then we'll hit a few other lingering storylines, and we'll look ahead to Indiana's next opponent. All of that coming up on the assembly call. Stick with us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green, giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers. You score 30 points, the next time we play that opponent, you get all the uh, the intros and outros. Uh, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. You can catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game for us every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And while you're there... Make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. We have over 7,000 fellow IU fans just like you. Subscribe to that newsletter. You can also text IU to 66866. That's IU to 66866, and that'll subscribe you to the newsletter as well. I'm Jared Morris here with Coach Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips. We are breaking down Indiana's 69-67 loss to Florida State. Gentlemen, it is time for Game Balls. And uh, I think this is going to be a theme this season where it's really obvious when Trace Jackson Davis has a game like tonight. Uh, which is why, in my absence, I think uh, Coach decided to start. What is it? Is it the Mike Roberts game ball? Which is kind of the, yeah, the, Mike se- Roberts, the second, the second best guy. The bulldog. Yeah. Yeah, the bulldog. The but uh, but let's start with the game ball, and let's just use it as a chance to uh, to talk a little bit more about Trace Jackson Davis. You know, we talked about him off the top in the banner moment. You know, and it's kind of been sprinkled throughout. It was just terrific, and really, you know, kind of the big flaw from this game is he just needed more touches. He needed the ball more. Yeah. And I thought, you know, early in the game. He wasn't quite as assertive as I thought he could have been. He only had four shots in the first half. You know, it's kind of one of those things coming out of halftime. It's like, okay, how are we going to get him the ball more? Because he's finishing strong at the hoop. We're just not getting him opportunities. Uh, and they did that more at times in the second half, but down the stretch, not enough. Um, but, you know, those two free throws that he hit for a guy who is not a shooter, who has struggled with free throws, to step up and coolly knock down those two free throws to tie the game, those were big big shots. And I think that says a lot about just his ability now as a sophomore to be a little bit more mature. Again, a guy who struggled on the road a lot last year, you know, and struggled those first, you know, a couple games in Asheville, but really now these last couple games has really come on strong and looks like the leader uh, and bona fide All-America candidate that Indiana needs him to be. And he's, look, this team does not have the guard play that it needs. You know, Race Thompson is still kind of an up and down player. There's a lot of question marks across the roster. If Indiana wants to win games like tonight, they need this kind of effort from Trace Jackson Davis. Just, I mean, that's table stakes. You know, that's just to have a shot. Now, the rest of it fell, you know, fell flat tonight, 
but it wasn't because of him. So he obviously gets the game ball uh, and, and really delivered a great performance against a really tough defensive team. Given yeah, the I opponent? Think, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think the thing that I'm going to say is going to his right. He's made some couple nice moves, strong moves with confidence going to his right. He's also catching the ball in that short post and that short pick and roll. Not a lot tonight because of their switching. Didn't really allow that, but he's catching and driving like the last play where he got fouled for the two free throws. So he's expanded his game. We've seen a 15-foot jumper from him. So he has gotten better. It's all now about demanding the ball, working hard to get those good angles. Um, you know, they loved him on the coverage tonight. I thought it was just an outstanding night, but but uh, we need that every night. And he's just fun to watch uh, while we have him. And, and I like the way he, uh, he's added to his game. That's called growth. Trace Jackson Davis has grown as a player. He is a better player foundationally than he was last year. And what I loved about it, and quite frankly, given the opponent, given the size of the opponent, given the stakes of the game, their ranking, and what Indiana is trying to do, all that, this might be the best game of his career, given the opponent. And, and 25 and 17 rebounds, seven of those offensive against that size, he was in attack mode tonight, and and yeah, it's, it took him a little bit to get into the game. And in the first half, they didn't even give him touches. I mean, they were trying, but you know, then they worked out that they needed to do some pick and roll stuff, and the pick pass and go down to him instead of pick and throw directly to the roll man. It was a great adjustment by Indiana and Archie Miller to start doing that. And when they do that more in the Big Ten, where teams are not going to be as equipped to handle that as the a team with the length of Florida State was, they're going to kill teams on that. Absolutely. And what's going to happen is everybody's going to suck down when they see the pick and roll happening, and it's going to leave other people open to make plays. That was a fantastic performance by Trace Jackson Davis. He was the best player on the floor on either team, including Walker, including all those other guys. He was the best player on the floor all night, and it showed. And he got national exposure played really well and this is the kind of guy I, I hope it gives him confidence going forward to know that he can do this every game there is there are very few people on Indiana's schedule who are going to even be even to him let alone better than him and I don't think anybody's going to be better than him in that position he's just going to face some guys where it's going to be a showdown but for the most part he's going to be much better than everybody he's facing and he should dominate like this he remains number two currently on the Ken Palm player of the year Raider after only uh, Luca Garza, so great, great start to the season for Trace. All right, Coach. So, what are we calling this other award? Is this we, we can't call it the uh, Mike Roberts Grinder? That's like too much of a John Gruden thing. So, we need a Mike name. Roberts for it. is awesome award. Mike the, Roberts, <laughs> Mike <for> Roberts. President <laughs> Award. As <laughs> okay. long as it has Mike Roberts. Okay, we're not we're not leaving Coach in, in charge of naming things. The ideas are good. <laughs> okay, we need some names from the chat mob for what we call this segment. But I'm I'm down with giving a second award, especially on nights when Trace Jackson Davis wins it. And if we're going to give a second award tonight. To me, it obviously goes to Armand Franklin, who was terrific on defense uh, for most of the night. You know, and kind of did Armand Franklin things, where he has nine points, eight rebounds. You know, had an assist, did have three turnovers. I mean, it wasn't a, a perfect night for him by any means. But I want to, you know, something one of really those. One of those should have been a timeout, by the way. Yeah, well, that's true. Turnovers. You know, one thing that that has really jumped out watching him and watching Rob. And again, we talked about this earlier. You know, there were a, a good portion of the game tonight. Armand was bringing the ball up the court and kind of initiating the offense. With Armand, he is really aggressive off the dribble. He goes until the defense stops him. And if that means he can go all the way to the hoop, he is going to go all the way to the hoop, whether he's got the ball in transition, whether it's in the half court. The difference between Armand and Rob Finnessy is Rob Finnessy goes until he feels uncomfortable going anymore. 
you know, and there are times when Rob won't push it in transition or, well, you know, there was a, there was a play. Um, I don't remember when it was, I think it was early in the second half and, you know, Rob was dribbling. They were trying to do a ball screen and Florida state's defenders got kind of confused and Rob had just open court in front of him. And instead of going all the way to the lane, he kind of like stopped dribbling and double clutched and like threw this little weird pass over to Trace Jackson Davis, who was covered. And Trace got it, and I think he got fouled and scored. But it's like, Rob, just go to the lane. You know, and so there are times I feel like, and I, you know, I think it's a confidence thing, a feel thing, whatever it is, but Rob kind of stops himself or, you know, doesn't take full advantage of what's there. And what impresses me about Armand early in his career is he really does that. You know, and obviously he's got to become a better shooter. People are going to sag off of him and not give him as much of those opportunities. But his aggressiveness and and kind of secondary playmaking is really important for an Indiana team that really doesn't have a ton of that in the backcourt. And so we saw Indiana's guards, do, you know, really try to do that tonight. I thought of all of them. You know, Armand was probably the best. You know, Al did have four assists. A so credit to him for that. Um, but that's just something to watch with those two guys. And I think it's a it, it's a skill that Indiana really needs that Armand brings to the table. So he's my Mike Roberts is awesome award winner for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I can't name anything. I had a hard time naming my kids. Uh, I, I would say that I agree. I don't have a problem with Franklin. I think Al Durham coming back off a high ankle sprain and, and playing 38 minutes, five rebounds, four assists could also be uh, in, in consideration. I, I think he is doing what Al Durham can do as a senior being around for four years. I mean, he he's not going to be an NBA type guard, um, you know, that, that super finisher closer that, that we're looking for, but he can do a lot of things. So I thought L, you know, I think both of those guards did everything possible except put the ball in the basket tonight to help Indiana win. Yeah. You, you know, I, I thought they don't played like, as you don't well like as they can, honestly, yeah. you know, I think they can shoot better. No, they can shoot yeah, better. They can. You know, but, but yeah, I mean, I thought they guarded. I thought, you know, it's really good when you don't see L. L made one, L gave up a three in the corner. At least it maybe is L covering for someone, but on transition, someone ran the baseline and no one covered him and L tried to run out there. So you might get mad at L because he's the one trying to cover it up. Or maybe it was, that was a big mix up, but it was a big mix up on that fast break. There's another three. Um, but anyway, I thought Al played well for coming back from an injury, and we needed him tonight, obviously, because of the type of game you needed that senior leadership. So we'll leave it to Ryan. Uh, I'll vote for Al, and, and we got to vote for Franklin. You get to break the tie. Uh, I'm going to go with Franklin just because of the defensive ability changes it for me. You know, Two the games game in a row for me. Yeah, against and, a five-star. Yeah, and I, and I thought he played really well, and I don't think there's anything he could have done on that last shot. That's just a good player making a good play who's bigger than you and has a clear lane to shoot over you. Uh, I, I just thought that was a good play. One thing I wanted to point out, though, if we're talking about the guards and, and playing to the best of their ability, taking off the composite because I, I don't, I think I trust 24-7 more than, than the composite. Uh, Rob Finnessy was a four-star ranked 118th. Armand Franklin was a four-star ranked 139th. And Al Durham was a three-star ranked 177th. Those aren't NBA guards. Those aren't top-tier Big Ten recruit guards. Um, but I would say that they're guys who can develop into a Big Ten, all Big Ten player by their senior year, maybe by their junior year. Armand Franklin has holes in his game because he's was the 139th ranked player in the nation 
you know, those guys don't come ready made to dominate. So he's going to have holes in his game that he has to iron out year by year. Al Franklin or or, uh, Al Durham, we've seen his development over four years to become a guy who's a reliable starter. It's taken that long though, because he was a three star, a hundred ranked 177th nationally. Rob Finnessy has his warts. 118th, you know, I mean, you're not getting guys. Lander needs to get going. Yeah. And it's going to, you know, Lander needs to get going. I agree Um, for this, for the team to unlock their ceiling. Yeah. You know, like that's the thing. These guys, you know, they're doing what they can. They're just, yes. I like all of them as players, but on a, on a really good to great Indiana team, those guys are role players, but they're being asked to play star player minutes and have, you know, usage levels that are just a little bit above in a big game. Now, look, I think against a lot of teams in the Big Ten, those guys are going to be okay. Yeah, I think they'll be be fine. But as you start creeping up into the top 20, the top 15, the top 10 and competing in those games, you need more from them. Yeah, you're asking those guys to do more really than they're capable of doing. And you need a star with the ball in his hands. And that's what Indiana's missing right now. You've got a star on the block. They they don't have the guy in the backcourt. Exactly. They are part of the get old and stay old. Yes. That is the core pieces of your team that are really solid, ex- solid players and could be starters, could be coming off the bench, but that's part of that get old. You need those four stars. You need those four year players that develop and get the most out of their game. But you also need two or three really talented. And we have we have a couple of them right now. And one's just young and needs to, to be developed. And it'll yeah. be interesting to see how fast that happens. But we're only at our best if Lander develops uh, and can play in these types of games. In my opinion. so here's what I'll say: veteran three star, three to four star guys, like plus uh, plus one hundred guys, the veteran guys who stick around for three four years, they are the backbone of your program. You just need guys who can do more things to help you win. Sometimes, like hit an open three pointer, you need to develop that into them. You know, I mean, like these guys as jun- Al as a senior. Rob as a junior needs to be able to hit a wide open three. I'm not saying they need to shoot 40% from three, but when you have a wide open three with no one around you, you got to make that like, you know, and so it's a matter of the development as well, but those guys do become the backbone of your program. And then what you do is you go out and you get the high four star, five star guy. You go out and get this guy, this guy, this guy, and you plug them in around the guys you build to be veterans. That's how you build a really deep, good program. Indiana's missed on a few guys and needs to have guys who can knock down open jumpers. And hopefully that continues to get better. Um, and hopefully, you know, they bring in a shot doctor. <laughs> I'm, I'm at the it point comes where back I, to the shot doctor. I'm at the I point think we might need a shot surgeon me. at this point. Like, I think I'm we're past point, needing a doctor. I'm seriously at the point where I don't care if it's me anymore. I just want somebody. So this whole time it was only about you. It wasn't about the shooting. It was just about you. But now, a bit of both. now you're both. willing to, to. Well, I knew I could do it. I trusted myself to get the job done. That's the thing, Jerry. <sighs> As did we all. As did we all. Okay. Well, the Mike Roberts is awesome award goes to Armand Franklin <laughs> tonight. That needs for... a new name. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. The chat mob didn't really come through. There was like the robust Roberts award, and someone just said the Mike Roberts award. Which I mean, yeah. <laughs> We could have come up with that one ourselves. Um, all right. Any other storylines from this one, gents, before we uh, before we move on? There's not, there's not much to look ahead to. Indiana's playing North Alabama next. Here, here's, here's something I'll ask you guys, yeah. too, because I, I know I, I don't disagree with you about Hunter playing the three. I thought he would play some three this year. It's obvious right now they're not. Is that a function of not having Joey? That they're just going to play that three-man rotation in the post. Might be. Do you guys see that Hunter might be able to play some three and four and get some Galloway minutes once they have a post sub to come in? 
I'll um, be honest, guys. I don't expect to see Joey anytime soon. It, uh, Archie did not sound optimistic on that when uh, the yeah. other day when he talked to the media. So, so that could be a reason why he's not playing. Maybe. You know, I mean, that may be. That may be. And in a lot of games, that may be fine. But, like, you also have to go with the flow of the game. And the guy came ready to play and ready to shoot tonight, and you needed someone who's going to make shots. Like, I think I tweeted, like, with five minutes left in the second half, if we just make a few outside shots, we're going to win this game. And we would have. We made two. You know, Rob made a shot, and Al made a shot, but we needed another one or, you know, and, a couple more. And, and I, I and just feel like you got to find minutes for him there. If it's at the three, yeah. if you maybe give race, you know, a little bit of a break, and I realize you're going to yeah. give up a little bit of something on defense there, but, yeah. you know, if you're going to run a shot you're for not Hunter... Gonna. Because Galloway was getting beaten all the time. I, I don't think that Hunter would have guarded the three any worse tonight. Yeah. And so yeah. that validates so, your point. Yeah. All right. So let's look ahead to North Alabama. <laughs> Hopefully this is a game where, you know, seriously, I mean, you know, this is Indiana's last game against, uh, you know, a team that they should beat easily. North Alabama is ranked 246th in Ken Palm. Uh, up until now, they have not played a Division One opponent. So they, you know, they beat Carver 107 to 40. Uh, they're going to play Troy uh, Thursday, so they'll have one game against Division One competition uh, before Indiana. But what do you guys look for in a game like that? You know, to me, I don't think there's anything Trace Jackson Davis. Okay, wait, there is one thing I want to talk about real quick before we get to that. That's a lot more meaningful than talking about North Alabama. I saw a quote from Trace that someone had in the chat mob. Did you guys see this yet? Yeah, something about this year. He wants this year's team to be different, so he got on guys after the game. We got to yes. win games like this. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, here it is. Uh, but it ended in all love or something from like that. From Coach Marlowe. In between Coach Marlowe uh, screaming about playing Christian Landermore, he put this <laughs> He put this comment in the chat. Uh, I'm trying to be different this year. To be different, we've got to win these games. Kind of got into some guys, was upset, but at the end of the day, it was all love. That is music to all of our ears. Look. Leadership. Look. Al Durham, Rob Finnessy. Race Thompson and Joey Brunk are the captains of this team. Trace Jackson Davis is the leader. Yeah, let's be real. I mean, he's the best player. And if he is actually going to bring it every game, and if he's going to get vocal and do some of those things, his voice is going to be the one that carries the most weight. And so lead if he's ready example, to step into that role, I think it's huge for Indiana. Yeah, lead by example and then lead, you know, with your mouth as well. But see, if you if he plays like he did tonight, those words aren't hollow. You know, and that's yeah. the thing is that back to back games, actually. Yeah. yeah and well, he can get into guys because it's like, look, I'm doing 25 this. points, 17 boards. Join me. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I think it, it's the kind of thing where that was my doorbell, by the way. Um, that was, it's the kind of thing where a late for again, visitors, isn't it? Well, DoorDash. food. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's the kind of thing where when you, Prove it on the court. You can lead. There's a lot of times where guys talk a lot and, and and talk about leadership and all that. He's leading from the front and then saying, "Hey, I need some help. You know, I need some lieutenants around me." Um, so I, I just I think that that it's fair to do that. And you know, there were there were things in this game, and he knows it. Where they the plays where they could have won. Kent Davis has suggested Roberts Rough Rider. Certainly scores for the alliteration. Yeah, let's just call it the Mike Roberts Award. I think that's fine. That feels like such a give up. Now we got it. We got to. Why don't we put better. a Twitter poll out with Fine. like five options? Okay. Well, we've got one option right now. So <laughs> it's going to be a very short poll. <laughs> but I just <laughs> wanted to honor some guys. I didn't want to cause chaos. That's okay. That's okay. It's still early You're in the season. You're tearing the assembly call family apart. <laughs> I am trying to do the right thing. Um, all right, so, so in North, the South Alabama game. What North, do you, what do you North, North Alabama. Alabama. Show, North put Alabama. some respect on their name, Phillips. 
Um, okay, so what do you what do you watch from this? Like Trace wanna... Jackson Davis could sit this game out for all I care. Yeah, um, I agree. And keep him healthy. To me, it's very. I mean, the number one thing you're watching in this game is Christian Lander. I yep. mean, because his development remains. Look, I know we talked a lot about Christian Lander last time I was on the show or whenever. I guess you guys talked about that article that I wrote about Christian Lander and how important his development is. That is all very true. I did not expect anything from him in this game. On the road, tough physical team. I just I didn't think he'd be ready for this. And I, I think in a game like this, you don't give him as many minutes, Ryan, to your point earlier. I think the amount they played him tonight was fine. But as you start... Give him a you, chance, see what happens, yes. and then pull him if it's not there. But in a game like North Alabama... I think you try and get him 22, 25 minutes. And you know, in yeah. some games where the speed is a little bit more what he can play at right now, you let him play some through confidence. some mistakes. You don't want to yeah. do that in a game like this because you're trying to pull out all the stops to win it. So that, yeah. to me, is the number one thing. Is I think all the, all the freshmen should get run. Yes, but his is the most important. And then can we maybe get right shooting? Like maybe just have a confidence-building shooting night? I don't know, like 9 for 22, which isn't great. But I mean, you know, I think we'd all take so this is the kind of game where you can rebuild some confidence shooting-wise. And I think if we see those two things, positive signs from Lander and just something positive to take from the shooting, I'll be happy. And I think after four intense games, like four really intense games in a row, maybe just having some fun. Like, you know what I mean? Like getting a chance where they can be smiling on the court instead of just intense, you know, will be good for the team to kind of build that confidence and that camaraderie of instead of just being clenched the entire time, like maybe have a chance to get out and run a little bit, maybe have a chance to have some dunks and hit some big shots. So it's a chance to really enjoy themselves a little but bit. You don't want to have a letdown. No, I mean, of course not. No, I mean, once you get a going, lot, a lot defensively and yeah. some of the stuff they're doing offensively, you got to maintain against the letdown against North Alabama after playing four straight games where you had to lock in. Uh, you can lose a lot um, in a game like that, too. You've seen some of the Big Ten teams that are close at halftime in, in some of these bye games, and, and you know it's nerve-wracking for the fans and everything. Uh, keep the defense, play a lot of people, uh, get some stuff on film maybe you want to test out. Um, in general, don't want to give away the farm against North Alabama. Um, but uh, yeah, the expectation is to keep going. I, I think this is a fun team to watch. I don't like losing. I think we shouldn't tonight, but, um, you want to, you want to make sure you're making progress. Yep. Okay. You're listening to the assembly call. IU post game show. Remember that you need to check out our friends at home field apparel to get the perfect gift for the college sports fan in your life. Use the promo code assembly two zero at checkout. You'll get 20% off your entire order and get that order in soon. Like maybe right now, tonight, December 9th, but get it in by December 10th at the latest so that you guarantee you are guaranteed to get it by Christmas. All right, guys, it is time for last call. Ryan just had a pizza delivered somewhere. Chad is very upset that he has still not been able to do this to Andy, but Ryan is over here getting pizzas and delivered my, during the show. My camera not aimed towards the yeah, door. Yeah, not aimed, so we really didn't get to enjoy that. Um, but kudos to you for getting a pizza. So uh, why, don't, why don't you lead off so then you can, you know, go leave. Eat it while it's still Yeah, hot. you can go to the locker room with two minutes left on the clock. Well, look... It, it was a. I thought. I thought it was a well played game. I thought that Indiana showed it's capable of competing with teams like this. The next step is to show it can beat teams like this consistently. And didn't do it against Texas, but played much better against what I think is a better Florida State team, and almost had it, and probably should have won it late. As we outlined the problems at the top of the show, if you're just catching us now, go back to the beginning. We outlined why they lost this game. This is a team that needs to get over that hump, and it needs to be able to consistently, not just once every 20 games, pull out a game like this. 
but consistently show up and win these games. That's how you get into the top tier of the Big Ten, and it's how you advance the program forward. So some of those recruits you miss on who might be able to do the things you need see this program and say, oh, they're going places. Look at the turnaround. Look where they're going and decide to join. And that's where you get some shooters on campus, apparently. Um, but I would say that I thought that Indiana showed the one thing that has been a problem over the last couple of years is showing consistent energy and effort. And and there have been lulls in games where guys aren't focused, whatever. That, that has not been a problem so far this year. This team is locked in and trying to play hard. Now, there'll be lulls in scoring and, you know, maybe def- a few defensive lapses here and there, whatever. That's going to happen in college basketball. That's why it's so tough to win big games. But at the same time, this team is showing a lot more heart, a lot more energy, and a lot more effort at all times during games. And the defense is a legit top defense in the nation. The offense just has to be consistent and follow that. And they've got to get used to when things break down, the default position is give it to your best player on the block and let him go to work or get him the ball far away from the basket. Let him go to work. Trace Jackson Davis is that good. This team is to default into making sure they get him the ball every time they can. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Pizza time. Give Matt, give Madeline our best. Damn straight. Hope she, tell, tell her, tell her we said we hope she's feeling better. All right. We'll do that. All right. Bye. Okay. Ryan's gone to eat some pizza. San Diego chicken. Definitely a chicken blank move, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Coach. Last call on this IU uh, performance. You know, I, I'm enjoying watching this team. I'm frustrated that they're three and two. I, I think they they at least should have won uh, this game. Uh, and it's fun to be disappointed again. Um, you know, in in losses instead of just frustrated after losses. You know, so many times in the last two or three years, four years, where you know you're out of it with 10, 11 minutes to go, and you're just hoping the score is somewhat respectable, and you go on 12 minute droughts, and I'm. I, Every one of these players I enjoy. I enjoy the the competitiveness. I don't enjoy some of the execution that needs to be better to win games like this. But um, the good thing, Jared, is you're playing Power 5 teams and pretty good Power 5 teams, which will make you better for a real tough road in the Big Ten. And now it's up to the team and the players and the coaching staff to continue to grow in order to win games like this. It's not enough to get be close. It, it's not enough to to, you know – just be seventh, eighth in the Big Ten. You gotta, you gotta make these games count by going and winning some now, uh, instead of losing in, in overtime. But as far as a bracketology, this isn't a bad loss. It's a lost opportunity. You know, you, you yeah. have two Power Five wins. You have two Power Five losses to top twenty teams. I think they have shown people. If you're looking at the eye test, which I think is going to be more this year than the the stats and the net. That Indiana's eye test is uh, at least a tournament team. And I know that's not acceptable. We want to be a, a better than that. But get over that floor at least a little bit. I think they're fun. I think we're going to win a lot more games. I think we're going to be a little more competitive on the road. Um, I, don't see a, a, I don't see us going backwards. I keep seeing us go forwards because of the fight that I saw tonight and, and some of the adjustments the players are making and some of the adjustments that coaching uh, is making. So it, it's given me a little bit of reprieve. I was worried after Texas. Um, that, that that was that on the road against Rutgers getting beat by 19 problems that we've had. It hasn't gone away totally yet. One game doesn't make that go away yet. But tonight was a big test for me to see if we can go in there and compete or we're going to have another clunker. Um, so it's a, it's a huge step in the right direction uh, for me. And, and I hope we get the next two games in and I hope we go interrupted uh, you know, with, the, with the football team uh, being paused and a lot of crazy stuff going on in Indiana. Um, Karish.
watch these guys and try to remember that the op- the other option is not watching these guys and watching Hallmark with Mrs. Tonsoni. So, you know, being here with you in the chat mob. So Mrs. Tonsoni is really cherishing these guys. <laughs> exactly. She, she wants them to keep going forward. Um, look, I was... I tweeted this before the game. I, I was really worried about this game. Um, I was not going to be surprised if we lost this game by 15, 20 points. I just thought, especially after the Texas game, there were so many elements of this matchup that really seemed not good for Indiana. And that in and of itself, as we look at things from a macro perspective, that's not a good sign, frankly, for where the program is at. Like We shouldn't go into a game against a Florida State team that's good, but they're, like, they're not great. They're a top 25 team, but they're not a great team. We shouldn't go into that game feeling like we're kind of you know, fighting with one hand tied behind our back because of, you know, fears about the guard play and just going to struggle to compete. So from a macro level, obviously the program still has a ways to go to get it where we all want it to. But, you know, as I watched the game coach just viscerally, I, I, I found myself feeling the way you did. Like I found myself really seeing a lot to like, you know, and even though Al and Rob and Armand didn't do enough stuff, like I saw guys trying to do the right things. You know, and, and it's ironic. You know, last year, you know, you play this game at home. Devontae Green goes off for 30 points. It's unbelievable. I mean, it was, you know, obviously one of the most memorable moments of the season and a, a huge game for Devontae. But Devontae was also a guy that was so up and down and sometimes was trying to do the right things and sometimes wasn't trying to do the right things. And you kind of had to live with it. But it made the experience of watching that team such a roller coaster ride, you know, and, and, and we've it's kind of felt like we've been on that roller coaster ride for the last three years. What I feel like we're going to see from this year's team is a steadying, a steadying out of that roller coaster. You know, I think, I think the floor of this team is so much higher than the floor of Archie's previous three teams because of the defense. Because you know, like I'm, I'm worried about the shooting. I'm worried about the lack of guard play. You know, I'm, I'm worried about some other things, but I'm not worried about our fight. I'm not worried about whether we're going to come compete. I'm not worried about whether the defense is just going to look overmatched. You know, not worried about the togetherness. You know, not worried right now. I'm really not worried about the internal leadership. You know, I think you know you have some guys stepping up, and obviously Trace Jackson Davis is evolving. That's the kind of stuff that's the foundation of a program. And I think a lot of the frustration IU fans have had is you deal with these losses over the first three seasons, and it's like, okay, but are we actually building this foundation that we need? I, the way I feel after five games is things feel a little bit more firm. The ceiling isn't there. I don't know if this team can make a Sweet 16. I don't know if this team can make the top four of the Big Ten. Those are my expectations. Those are, or those are my standards. I don't know if they can actually get there, but I'm finding myself liking this team. I like the way they play together. I like some of the pieces, even if the pieces don't necessarily fit into the roles they're being asked to play. And that's not their fault. That's a roster management. That's a larger issue. So I have a lot of macro questions. As you guys know, who've watched this show, we deal with macro questions in the offseason, and we meet this team where it's at in the season on a game-by-game basis. And I'm disappointed in the loss. I think it was a lost opportunity, like you said. But I, I, I found some stuff to like tonight, and, and I really like the way that these guys played. And, you know, they can't shoot, man. They can't do some basic stuff that you need to be able to do, but the identity that Archie's trying to build, you can start to see it materializing a, a little bit more with these guys than I think we've seen in the past. Now, you know, we're only five games in. It's a long season. We got to see what happens from from here on out. But, you know, I, I think if you're if you're walking away from this game disappointed and pissed off at the missed opportunity, but also, you know, like kind of pleased at some of the stuff you saw. I don't think you're a, a pansy, you know, taking solace in a moral victory. I think it's just you know, kind of a realistic view of where this team's at right now. So 
some things to be uh, to be optimistic about. Hopefully, they come out against North Alabama, use that opportunity as best they can because the road is going to get really tough from there. And uh, we'll see. I certainly think that we have a team that's going to compete on a night-in, night-out basis. Now we'll go see how many games they can win. But if they play defense like this, they're going to be in a lot of games, and they just got to make shots to uh, to win them. We'll see if they can develop that as the season goes along. All right. And, hey, by the way, tomorrow night, Assembly Call Radio, that's our next show. Tony Adranya, Coach Tony Adranya, uh is going to be on with us. Andy will be here, so you'll get Andy's thoughts on this game. Do a little Coach's Corner with uh, Coach Tonsoni and Coach Adranya. That'll be fun. Ryan will still be eating pizza. I'll be away, but we'll uh, we'll be back soon for you too. So hope you'll join us then. Okay, if you want to see us do the show, that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson, who produces a lot of the music that you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you tomorrow night on Assembly Call Radio. Until then. Take it from the green light himself. Keep your elbows in, eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. Here I come. This is Don Sony. Shoot the ball. My new favorite Andy Bottoms drop from last week's Assembly Call Radio. What are you looking around for? Shoot the ball. <laughs> You know, something we didn't mention, too, was at 9.54, that guy fell down in the lane with one second on the shot clock, got up, he really traveled, and then threw his hands into our defender and got two foul shots. I mean, I I don't like blaming officials and everything, but, you know, that's a bailout on a guy that, I mean, that was great. We had had a few possessions today, Jared, where we played great defense and a loose ball found its way into points for them. And that that's that's the disappointing and the frustrating thing is you can't control that official's call. You can't control where the ball bounces when you knock it out and the guy catches it at the three-point line and he throws up a three. Um, man, that, that, in, in tough games, you go back and those things just, man, I'll replay that over and over. Some of those just 50-50. That guy, I mean, our, uh, at the end, Armand does everything possible. The guy traveled again there on the Eurostep. And that's not a good shot. Um, that's the shot you kind of want to take, yeah. and it goes in. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to be moral victory, dude. I, I'm not that dude. No, you it's a loss. Any, but anything about football? Well, I don't know, but we do need to wish uh, Libby Torfey a happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday for sure. Like one of the OG yep. IU basketball fans, as coach knows. Someone that you want to watch a game with. <laughs> Absolutely. I still want to get her on the show. So yep. she's got a, you know, hopefully she knows she's got an open invitation to come on the show anytime. We will bump My right arm was bruised anytime. for weeks. My right <laughs> arm was bruised for weeks after sitting next to her that game when we beat Michigan State. She's intense. She's intense. I mean, she's, she, 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 is, she has she's seen some best. good teams. You are not going to fool Libby Torfey. Nope. With bad basketball. She has seen some good teams. You are not going to fool her. I don't know. Do we want to talk football? Do, I will say this. If you haven't listened you know, to the Crimson to. Cast with Galen and Chronic Hoosier, that's a very cathartic listen. They really uh, you know, kind of spelled everything out really well, I think. There's nothing that I'm going to say that is even going to compete with the eloquence that they kind of put it all with. So I will just recommend that you listen to their show because it was excellent. 
but I'm yeah, here, pissed off. I, I, I will challenge. I will challenge people. Don't let it take away from the great year that we've had. And and when once you get your shouts out on Twitter and everything, focus the attention back on Coach Allen and the guys for what they they've done, which is really create an excellent atmosphere for football. And the only thing that you know, I don't like necessarily decision. I can understand you know this and that, but the bottom line is. When Indiana wins the Big Ten and goes to the Rose Bowl, I don't want it to be in a in a shortened year. I don't want it to be with an asterisk um, that we got in because there was a rule technicality. Uh, I'd love it when we kick everyone's ass and, and then go to the Rose Bowl. So I'm looking at it as a silver lining. It didn't go our way. We can't control it. So next year when we got all of these dudes back and we play in the in a Big Ten championship after going 12-0 and or 11-1 and or whatever it's going to take next year, it's going to be a lot more enjoyable. So I challenge everyone. I know that Twitter's been crazy and we're all mad, um, but there is a silver lining. This this program is 6-1. and It's it's a top 12, which should be top 10 team, and it's going to go to a great bowl, and it's so much fun to watch that uh, the decision at the Big Ten is not getting in the way of me thinking it's a great program led by a great man with great players. So I'm not putting my energy on complaining anymore. I, it happened, flush it, and then just get ready to you know kick Iowa's ass and get some more wins. But part of me d- didn't want a technicality because then everyone say, oh, yeah, IU won the Big Ten only because of a rule. Uh, I want it to be on the field. Um, and so I'll take for both. what it's worth, if that helps, if that helps some people – um, get over this, you know, backstabbing, then, then may, hopefully, I don't know. That's all yeah. I got. Yeah, that's probably all that needs to be said. Turn your butt cheeks on. Except for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to be back on the show so I could use that one. <laughs> all right, Coach, thanks for being here. Thanks, everybody, for yep. uh, being here and for listening. Thank you, Chat Mob. By the way, can anybody round up all of the suggestions for the for the Mike Roberts Award? I didn't... I know there are a bunch of them in there. If anybody wants to round those up, then maybe we can do a poll or see if there's any good ones. Need a, need a good name for that segment. But uh, otherwise, come join us for Assembly Call Radio tomorrow night, and we will talk to you guys soon. See ya. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.